welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, season 4. In the last episode of season 4 of that, after this we're going to be starting up a new season, which we're going to uh, cover a lot of the Grinning Demon stuff. I'm going to try to do interviews with all the different participants. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to obviously finish that up with, um, you know, a, a matchup review for the round one matchups. Really excited to do that. But we'll actually have a real good idea of the people involved going into it because of that, these interviews we'll be doing with uh, all, all the different players. So, finishing off this season, there's something I want to kind of chat about, which was uh, trying to help out some of the newer players in the hobby, figure out concepts for how to uh, win games of 40k from some starting points, because there are a number of people in the game that are newer to the game now in our community. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of concepts like, oh, this thing's really good, oh, this really trades well, um, and you hear some of these things, and, and it may not be really intuitive as to what some of the people are talking about, what necessarily what they mean, or even just how to identify what a good unit is. So... Today I want to talk about two concepts while I drive home here. Uh, One of them is the concept of uh, gaining a two-for-one, and the other is the concepts of incremental advantage. So in the concept of a two-for-one, this is a concept that comes from, for me, comes from Magic the Gathering. Uh, In that game you have a a limited number of cards for your hand. and you are restricted. It doesn't matter how much power you have. It doesn't matter how much life you have. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how big of a monster you have. In a very real way, you are very much limited by how many cards you have. If you run out of cards in your hand, then you're down to just drawing one card per turn, and that's it. You're you're stuck with whatever that top of the, of the deck is. So you don't get to make as many cool decisions, you don't get to really impact the game in the way that you want to, you're, you're in top deck mode. Um, so cards in hand is a real resource. In fact, it may be the most important resource in the game, some would argue. There are other, hey, I'm not going to get into everything else. The point is, cards in hand are extremely important. So. There will be times that you'll have cards that one of your cards uh, deals with multiple of your opponent's cards. And this is the idea of a two-for-one. My one card deals with two of your cards. Uh, It could also be three-for-ones, four-for-ones. It's anything like that where one card deals with multiples of your opponents. Because then, what could end up in a situation, say you your opponent has seven cards plus the one they draw for a turn, so eight cards, and you use four cards that are two-for-ones, okay? Uh, then your opponent now is reduced to zero cards, while you still have four. So you have options, and since your cards are two-for-ones, you're likely to be able to deal with whatever they draw off the top of their de- deck, because again, you're already in that position. 
Now, that's not obviously going to always be the case, but it's that idea that you have out-resourced your opponent, because then winning should be a piece of cake. Your opponent doesn't have any resources, you have all the resources, right? And so now you can kind of just complete... Completing the game is almost a... Uh, a prolonged handshake at this point, because your opponent knows they've lost. Meanwhile, you know you've won. You just got to see how does that end up playing out. Do they die in one turn, five turns, ten turns, whatever. If they don't have cards, they cannot win. Uh, Something similar can happen in Warhammer. You can have your forces, some of your forces, that end up dealing with multiples of your opponent's stuff. And now, in Magic, I'm talking about cards dealing with cards. In Warhammer, there's some other... concepts that, a, you know, it's not just a unit dealing with a unit. You can deal with a unit in multiple ways. You can kill multiple units, which is the best way, because you're eliminating those units entirely. You're eliminating their offensive output, you're eliminating their defensive output, you're eliminating their board control, you're eliminating their synergy, you're, you're, you're just taking care of them. That's the best way. Uh, it's hard to always do that, but that's the best way. But those are some of the other ways. You can deal with their board presence. You don't have to deal with their board presence by killing them. You can deal with a unit's board presence by casting a psychic power on them. That reduces their movement down to something really ineffective. Suddenly now, they cannot threaten as large an area of the board as they used to be capable of doing. So they just can't get as far across the board. They can't uh, you know, jump into your backfield to score, engage in all fronts. They can't, uh, you know, if you slowed down a flyer, an act, sorry, an aircraft, uh, maybe now it doesn't have the movement to be able to get behind your character and be able to pick them off. Because aircraft, everyone knows, make the best snipers. <laughs> um, but that kind of concept, right? You're reducing your opponent. Most importantly, your opponent maybe now can't get to an objective to hold or contest that objective mean they don't score victory points and you do. Those are big deals. So if you can have consistently have your units get these two for ones on your opponent, chances are you're going to be winning the game. If you are consistently killing more of your opponent's stuff than you have in points, in points value, right, uh, then your stuff is being killed, you're probably winning. Almost definitely. Uh, but not always, right? There's also, there's a speed factor. That's, like I said, in, you know, for Magic, there's other factors too. There's a speed factor. Tempo. There's only five turns to this game. So, if it's, it doesn't matter if one unit kills off your entire opponent's army given enough time, because you don't have enough time. You have five turns. If that unit is deep striking in, you have less turns than that. Right? If your opponent has a way of disrupting that so that they can't get to the spots they need to be, you have even fewer turns than that. It is a big deal. So the next concept, so that's one, right? And you can kind of see that if you out-resourced your opponent uh, for three turns of the game, then they are just not going to have the... Re- doesn't matter if your forces by this point are pretty much dwindled, your opponent will not have the resources to be able to finish off the game at the end of the game. Uh, Or, at the same token, you really out-resource your opponent in the early game, you kill a bunch of their stuff, and then you try to spend the last two turns of the game really trying to get into position. 
a lot of armies in 8th edition tried to do this. They actually didn't try to play the late game. They tried to play kill your opponent off in the early game and then spend like the last turns of the game mopping up and scoring points at that point. Um, and that's one of the nice things about 9th is that the early turns matter in a very different kind of way and the late turns matter in a very different kind of way. You're unlikely to kill off your entire opponent's army in those early turns and your opponent if they score really well and they prevent you from scoring very well in those early turns it's okay for them to have nothing left at the late game they can still pull out a win so some neat ideas like that that you have to consider um, but the idea of the two for one still remains if i take for example i can shut off an entire opponent's movement phase with for 100 points if i take as gene stiller cult a squad of brood brothers make it a 20-man maximum size squad um and i bring them in using one of my stratagems lets me come out within three inches of a person i can't charge on that turn but that's not actually what i'm there to do i'm just there to be in the way um i can string out those 20 guys to the maximum possible extent and then my opponent's forces if they're ground based they cannot move through my guys they can't move through this squad and because movement happens before shooting, before close combat, they just can't get anywhere. They can go two inches forward, and then they have to rely on other ways to move after that, right? So my 100 points of guys can deal with 2,000 points of my opponent's army in the right circumstance. So that's that's what I'm saying. You gotta want you wanna try to keep an eye out for those kinds of things. Because if you can do them and you can do them consistently, uh, you will have that's a, a very then that's a very strong use of that unit. That that's something to always consider. If you can have if you have one unit that's always able to close combat kill somebody, like always, um then you want to try to find those opportunities. You want to try to make sure they get their points back. Another good example in Gene Seal Occult, I'm sorry, because that's the play army I play, so I reference them. Aberrants. Aberrants are very expensive unit, but they're pretty mealy heavy, and they will mince up a lot of things. Problem is, they cost a lot of points to do, and you know, you're already kind of starved in a bunch of other things. And, and it's, yeah, Gene Seal Occult has access to some other things that are okay at close combat. Um, they're not nearly as good as the Aberrants are, but they're okay. Well, usually this unit doesn't end up killing its value, right? So it doesn't even get a 2 for one it gets a, it gets a negative. It gets 2 for one duh, which is way worse. Way, 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 way worse. And anyway, I gotta get off this topic. Next topic, incremental advantage. An incremental advantage, again, very, very, very important in the game. Uh, what this concept is, is that um, if you get a small advantage early, then that advantage, if you get a turn after turn, grows into a big advantage. Okay? So, for example, uh, let's say we both had... Um, let's say we both had, had forces that were equally capable of killing each other, okay? Say, 50% ratio. One unit kills half of the other unit every time it shoots. Okay, and the same in reverse. In that case, whoever goes first in that situation would win, because the opponent's half of a force can only deal with 
half of that size's force on the on the return shot, which leaves the other side not with half the force left over at the end, but rather uh, many much a much greater amount than that, right? Uh, in this case, it would lead to a force that's 75% as strong as opposed to the one that was 50. So now it's a 75 to 50 matchup rather than a, a fifth, rather than a 100 to 100 via 75 to 50. Much greater power in the first one, and that one that's an advantage that only grows as the turns continue on. Where every time that now happens, that that percentage gap would grow because that 75% of army will deal with. Um, 38, uh, 37.5% of the opposing army. It brings it down from 50% down to, you know, 12.5%, right? And that that's barely able to deal any damage. It's a huge, huge, huge value, especially over time. Now, that's an extreme example, but there are some other ones. Like I said, it's a, any advantage that you can do turn after turn. And incremental advantage exists everywhere in 40k not just in the first turn but also in victory points especially with the way that well with primary victory points it's the way that that kind of happens every time turn you prevent your opponent from scoring three points those are three points they can never get back you know or five points i should say on the primaries those are five victory points they just can't get back um and you do that for a couple turns and that advantage will grow if every turn you're able to stop your opponent from maximizing their victory point score that will and while you are uh, then you will develop a substantial lead on your opponent uh, and the same is true for a number of other things every turn that you're at minus one to hit whilst your opponent is not at minus one to hit is additional value this really really matters when you have forces that are about even size that are about even strength when you are close with each other in terms of power uh, then finding these ways to gain small advantages turn after turn will result in a very large advantage later on so don't finding those big plays is really really nice against a skilled opponent, you're probably not going to have a lot of opportunities for a lot of big plays. Um, in which case, try to find these small plays. Because if you keep finding a few small plays, turn after turn after turn, you're probably going to win. Because by the end of the game, those early small victories will have led to a much greater uh, bonus for yourself. Anyway, that is going to be season four. There's always more to chat about. I guess I could keep chatting a little bit as I'm still not quite at my destination. Um, if you look at people that are really good at the game, if you're if you're fighting somebody that's a lot better than you, these are the fundamentals that you really want to focus on. You want to try to find, okay, where can I get a small advantage every turn? Um, where can I pick up a two-for-one, right? Something where it's like, hey, I I'm really trying... In, in 40k, there could be other things, right? 
It could be, I just want to stop my opponent from being able to kill. If I can take two units with one of my units, and my unit costs a lot less than those two units did, then it's okay for me to charge both of them and get stuck in with both of them and still die because I am reducing my opponent's firepower by a lot, right? Or I'm removing their choice of what to kill by a lot. And with only five turns in the game, again, that really matters. That can really add up. Thank you for listening to Season 4. I have arrived at my destination. We will be back soon with interviews with players starting very shortly. We also got the Death Watch and Space Wolves interviews coming up. I got some good play, uh, people to speak with on those. So thank you again for listening to Sudbury Scrub saying keep on wargaming, keep scoring those primaries.